Let me tell you about uh, Jace Medical. You've heard me talking about Jace and the Jace case for a while. That's where you can get five of the most important antibiotics for emergency use. You can have them in your home and you can take them on vacation like we did just recently and came in really handy. They're launching a new product called Jace Daily. And this is a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to 12 month backup supply of your prescription medication in case of an emergency. This covers everything. You have diabetes. Uh, how long are you going to last without your medication? Cholesterol, heart health, blood pressure, mental health, all of it. Your order will be reserved, uh, reviewed by a certified healthcare professional delivered right to your door. You'll have the peace of mind knowing that if anything happens with the supply chain, you are prepared medically as well. Jace Medical. JaceMedical.com. Enter the promo code BECK at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code BECK, J-A-S-E Medical.com. entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn back program hello america we have chadwick moron with us he is the author of the new biography out on tucker carlson uh done obviously with tucker carlson it's called tucker uh we have so much to talk to. I just want to get right to it in 60 seconds. But here is the best news. I'm paying for this commercial because it's my company, realestateagentsitrust.com. So I'm going to make it really pithy. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Get a great real estate agent. Buy and sell a house the right way. You're going to love these people. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Done. Okay. Now let's get right to Chadwick Moore. Chadwick is the author of Tucker, uh, the new book that is out. Welcome, Chadwick. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on. You bet. You bet. So let's talk a little bit about how this came about, the biography. Sure. It was we began early last spring uh, in in 2022. Uh, Basically, my publisher called me up and said we want to do a book about Tucker Carlson. We think he's the most important and influential voice in American politics today, and they wanted me to write it. Yep. And uh, very honored and flattered, and I uh, called up Tucker. And, uh, you know, at first he sort of was like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not very interesting, and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone want to read this book. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I'd been on his show right. for many, many years, and, and we knew each other that way. And, and, you know, he, he sort of said, you know, well, I read your columns all the time. I love your writing. And, yeah, let's go for it. Why not? And from there, we were we were off to the races. Now, you spent about 100 hours with him up at his home in Maine and in Florida. What was what was the thing that maybe surprised you the most about his his life? I think, you know, it's 
the fact that he isn't someone who can just talk about politics all day long, you know, he's very, his interests are very yeah. wide ranging and deep. And, and his level of um, the, the extent he goes to to humble himself and to remind himself that he is not God, uh, which is, you know, something right. that he t- sort of reminds himself all the time was, you know, really impressive and kind of a wonderful thing to, to get to know about him. Uh, you know, he's uh, someone who he's, he's very spiritual without having overt uh, theocratic language and, and, and theology taught to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is very spiritual and he does really see the current political paradigm is one versus is good versus evil, uh, which I think sort of, you know, frightens a lot of people in mainstream conservatism. So he is um, uh, he's going through a spiritual awakening that unlike I've seen uh, very often, uh, he's reading the Bible every day. He is praying about it every day. Um, and like you said, he, there's no um, dogma behind it he is just going through an an awakening were you around uh for that because i think that's relatively new yeah it does seem relatively new he was raised episcopalian uh which he sort of says you know he's not even sure if that's a christian christian religion anymore with the direction that the church has gone (laughs) but I, I, i certainly um saw that part of him for sure and he um you know, just the way he talks about the world, um, you know, and, and uh, something, you know, if you talk, something about, you know, climate change, for example, he's very passionate about the environment, the actual environment, not the green, whatever yeah. is going on. But the way he would speak of the environment and, and basically man's feebleness when it comes to something like controlling the weather, <laughs> which can extend into, you know, man's right. feebleness really in controlling many things in the world. Um, you know, it, there is a very spiritual language and motivation behind that and the way that he is now seeing the world. And, and I certainly got to see that and, and, and to write about it. You were there when he uh, left Fox um, and Tucker and I have talked about it, that I think it's very interesting in the end uh, with me. One of the things that Fox was very clear about was stop talking about God. And at the end with Tucker, he is he is talking more and more about what's happening in spiritual terms, and I know that drives Murdoch crazy. Do you think that played a role in in his exit? So there was plenty of speculation about that. It may have been one of the many reasons why they wanted to get rid of him. Uh, interestingly, uh, back in February, uh, this most past February, Tucker had dinner with Rupert Murdoch and his then fiance. And that his fiance right. had described Tucker as a messenger from God to Rupert. People around Rupert had reported that that freaked him out. He didn't like that. That may have added to it. And, and, and uh, the, just the weekend before he, uh, his show was taken off the air, he gave a speech to the Heritage Foundation, and he was speaking in Correct. terms of, of, of religiosity. And he used, you know, the words good and evil when describing what was happening in American politics. Um, and, and people have been saying for many years, and, and as you just said, that, that, that you know, talk of God and Christianity really freaks out the Murdochs. Um, so that certainly could have contributed to it. So when you have um, uh, Tucker and he's, you know, you're with him at Fox, um, I take it he was quite surprised uh, when they called him in and said, you're leaving, correct? Yes, he was, for sure. Um, he, it, uh, it, the day it happened, April 23rd, happened to be the six-year anniversary of his show moving into the 8 p.m. time slot. And when Suzanne Scott, mm. the president of Fox News, called him up, 
that day, he thought that she was calling to congratulate him on the anniversary. And instead, she simply said, uh, we're taking your show off the air. Goodbye. They still have not given him an official explanation. He's still an employee of Fox News as we're speaking. And, uh, you know, I got to interview him a couple times after that moment. Um, and uh, he was certainly shocked. Uh, and his entire team was. Um, and uh, but he you know, he knows he hasn't done anything wrong. He told me that, you know, if he had done yeah. something wrong, if he'd embarrassed himself or embarrassed his family, he'd feel badly. But he can't feel badly because um, th- he didn't do anything wrong as far as he can see. The day he was uh, the show was canceled, he was planning on talking about Ray Epps. Is that a coincidence? It's it's difficult to say. I, I saw his monologue that he planned to read on air that day. It was um, heavily about Ray Epps and about January 6th. It was also, uh, in, a, in a darkly ironic turn, it was about um, AOC and other members of government demanding that his show being taken off the air. Uh, they AOC had gone on MSNBC that weekend to basically say that Tucker should be arrested for uh, spreading misinformation or whatever word she's using. Mm. Um, and uh, he was, you know, the only person in mainstream media that was really digging into all of these strange uh, activities that happened on January 6th and really trying to investigate if the, the federal government was playing a role in that. Uh, and, and also the, this, this strange character, Ray Epps, who has been not been arrested and has been um, paraded around mainstream media as some kind of hero. Um, so that was one of many, a handful of issues that he was probably making a lot of enemies in very powerful places. And it certainly could have contributed to or been the reason why his show was taken off the air. So there, the Devin Archer interview that he did last night on Twitter or X or whatever you're supposed to say now. Um, did you see that? I did. Yes. Okay. He, I think he played this expertly. Most people don't know. And I, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't mean this in the way I would normally mean this. Um, Tucker grew up as a Washington elite. He knows that circle really, really well. Yet he is, when you get to know him, he is anything but the elite, I think, in many ways. He is, uh, he's just a normal guy. Um, But he used his knowledge, I thought, unbelievably well. And he was almost, he got Devin Archer to to almost laugh about like we both know what's going on and that led to some pretty shocking revelations last night um am i reading him right on that i think you you really summed it up beautifully that's sort of exactly what we watched happen and it's interesting that the dc media wouldn't really find that stuff newsworthy. Either they want to protect people, they don't want to report on it, but they wouldn't find it newsworthy because they live in that world and it's so normal to them. Uh, Tucker realizes that that it is normal to those people. It's not normal to 330 million Americans who live outside of D.C., and this is actually interesting. Uh Um, And Uh and he drug that out of, of, of Devin Archer so masterfully and wonderfully. It was really something spectacular to watch. So the former head writer for Tucker, 
um, just tweeted, Fox News decision to ignore Tucker's interview with Devin Archer is infuriating employees who still believe in covering news. Quote from one host, are you effing kidding me? How do we not cover this? He got Hunter Biden's business partner casually admit all on a Twitter video. Another top Fox source says the amount of agitation in this building over not being able to use any of Tucker and Devin Archer's sound. Just tons of groaning and cursing from producers and a couple of anchors that it's gold and we're not allowed to touch it, use it or refer to it. They also didn't cover uh, the uh, the interviews with all of the candidates, which I think was game changing. Um, you know, I was sitting uh, there at the anchor desk watching him on stage as we covered it at the blaze. And universally, it was this is game changing totally game-changing and it was tucker where is what is happening at fox is there is there more there's speculation that he did a uh, interview with trump that they never aired that he had other things from january 6 that they never allowed aired is any of that true that that blaze media summit from iowa was such amazing television or, or broadcasting whatever we're calling it on the internet and I was watching yeah. that, and I felt like even the quality of the commentary was so far beyond anything you would have ever seen on mainstream media. All the commentators were so smart and funny. I'm, I'm not just trying to, you know, butter you up. I really mean this, uh, and I have a point. <laughs> <But laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it, it, was, it was these commentators speaking on the level of Republican voters like, like they're having drinks with them at a bar. And you, it made me realize that you would yeah. never see that level of connection with voters on Fox or mainstream media. So that felt like a huge never. turn in independent media eclipsing mainstream media. And then uh, with Fox being, nobody on Fox is allowed to say the T word, Tucker. And, and I know that from, right. you know, I got kicked off Fox after I wrote this book. And it was, uh, the fact <laughs> that they, he's breaking news now and they can't talk about it. It's so funny to watch. It's amazing. With, with the stuff that, that Tucker did, so um, there's a bunch of interviews people are talking about. As far as I understand it, you know, Fox News owns that. It's their property. So I don't think he can do much with it. But, uh, you know, there's certainly lots of uh, more January 6th reporting that they had that uh, they're not able to show. Tucker's not able to show on Twitter because Fox owns it uh, and several other interviews related to that. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing to watch uh, how this is all unfolding and how Fox has really crippled themselves. Uh, yeah, I think they're I think they're over. I mean, it, I've never seen anything burn down so fast as uh, as this. Well, other than, other than the Biden presidency, um, you you talk about in the book uh, that Tucker emphasizes and I'm just going to quote you here, the importance of having people around who see him as a person rather than a television personality. Who were those those people? Well, it, you know, he's become such a, a caricature in, in, in the right, or on, on the left, as a sort of demonic force of all evil. And on the right, he's also, uh, the establishment right, sort of portrayed as reckless and dangerous. Um, but, you know, you get to know him in his personal life, and, you know, his, his relationship with his wife, Susie, is, is really sort of a storybook, uh, as, as storybook as it could get. They're so in love with each other. It's so lovely to watch them interact with one another, as I got to many times. And, you know, they met when they were in high school and they're 15 years old and they've been together ever since. Uh, and, you know, Tucker has surrounds himself with, with people he can trust his, his whole team at Fox. Uh, there was no, 
um, backstabbing. They were, you know, everyone trusted one another. They really loved one another. Uh, nobody was out to subvert anyone else, uh, which is which is rare in media and especially in television. Um, and it, probably because he was such a good leader and they really believed in what he was doing. Uh, another reason why half the team voluntarily left Fox when he was when his show was taken off the air. The other half was um, uh, unceremoniously fired in one fell swoop uh, last month. Um, but he uh, really makes it on the it day. On the day of the uh, Blaze Summit, it, it, he was making all kinds of news, and that was the day they marched everybody out after the show. It, it, I mean, it's uh, it was brutal. It was brutal. Um, hang on just a second, uh, Chadwick. I appreciate it. We're talking to uh, Chadwick Moore. He is the author of the new book, Tucker, uh, it, which was done with Tucker's knowledge uh, and a real great inside look easy to read really well written an inside look uh behind the scenes with of tucker carlson more with him in just a second sarah if you could have some one of our producers ask if he can stay on uh past the bottom of the hour to the to the next break another half hour or so that would be great just let me know uh let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour it is uh let me see it is my pillow if you've If you've ever spent a full 20 years providing people with great products that help them sleep better, it must feel pretty nice. 20 years of doing anything, of helping people, must feel good. Um, You know, what I provide you really is 20 years of keeping you awake. So that's not so great. Mike Lindell has taken the opposite approach, and he's helping you go to sleep. Now, for a limited time on their 20th anniversary, MyPillow is offering you a free gift valued at 20 bucks. No purchases necessary. When you head on over to MyPillow, you'll see the great offers. You'll get the $20 offer right on the main page. While you're there, check out all of the deep discounts on what they have going on for some of their most loved products. They are turning 20 and they want to celebrate with you with deep, deep discounts. To access these discounts, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special squares, then use the promo code BECK, or you can call them at 800-966-3117. Remember, check out the free gift, valued at 20 bucks, no purchases necessary. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117, use the promo code Back 10 seconds station ID. Free to jump in. You write in the book about the death of his uh, mother. Can you take us through that and and how that affected him and the moment he opened up to you about it? Sure. So his mother, uh, her name is Lisa Lombardi. She abandoned her, she was a San Francisco socialite, uh, and uh, she abandoned her family when Tucker was six years old. She decided that she wanted to be a sort of art world, bohemian kind of grifter type. Uh, She moved to Los Angeles. Uh, I spoke to people who knew her, who were in that scene and got their impressions of her, Uh, but he never saw her again um, since then, since she was six years old. Uh, She died when, uh, in 2011. Uh, they found out in, in typical fashion of, of, of Tucker's father, Dick Carlson, they found out they were moving some boxes from a U-Haul, him and his brother and Dick and Susie, his wife was standing by and Dick just said, Oh yeah, Lisa died today. And then picked up another box and walked away and they all sort of stopped and said, what? Wow. Um, but, uh, he did, uh, he did speak to her twice in his life. Uh, 
she called him and she was drunk and she, she had a problem with drugs and alcohol. And uh, he just simply had said to her, um, uh, you know, if you want to talk, call me when you're sober. Uh, and then that never happened. Uh, and, um, you know, he said to me that, that he was grateful, you know, he doesn't really see himself as a victim, obviously. And, um, you know, he comes from a long lineage that I wrote about in the book of, of dysfunction and abandonment. His father, Dick, was an orphan. Um, his, his biological grandfather, Dick's father, committed suicide. Um, uh, Dick's adopted father died at a young age. Uh, and, uh, but Tucker said that, you know, he felt lucky that, uh, he didn't have to grow up in the ha- same household as a crazy person, meaning his mother. Uh, you know, some Correct, people, if yeah. he had stuck around, um, you know, he, it might've really affected him negatively, uh, had he had to go through that. Uh, so he has a very, you know, positive take on it. Uh, and, you know, I asked Susie, his wife, you know, how he, how she thought it affected him. And, you know, she sort of said, of course it has to, but he, he never says, uh, you know, he never complains or, 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 you know, wishes he had a relationship with her so did that play a role in his i hate to use this word because he's not an alcoholic but his sobriety he just gave up all alcohol and um he has a a real respect for people and a different understanding of people who are in recovery and give up alcohol yeah, I, you know, I, I suspect maybe he saw that, that gene in him because of Lisa's mother. And he gave up alcohol uh, over 30 years ago. Um, and, you know, he wasn't like a mean drunk or a violent drunk, uh, but he you know, yeah. had a problem. He was drinking a lot. Uh, he also, you know, he, he does have a sympathy for people who uh, are in recovery or sober. He, he hires a lot of people who are, who are sober. Uh, he was also had a friendship with Hunter Biden that I write about in the book. Uh, and most of that friendship was not only based on them being, you know, DC people, but on sobriety. And he, he described to me that there are two types of sober people. There are the types that are grateful every day to be sober. And Tucker's one of those and the type who's one cocktail away from a bender. And, and that's how he sort of characterized yeah. Hunter. And, uh, you know, he, 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 you know, sort of spoke very, uh, with, with a lot of emotion about how awful it is, the things that Hunter has done to embarrass his family and his father, because he, said to me that you know the love between hunter and his dad despite the alleged corruption and everything else going on the love there is real and he you know truly believes that they do love each other very much despite um you know everything hunter's done to embarrass his family and his father i find that i find that weird and hard to believe but i want to talk to you more about hunter's uh, family his uh his upbringing and i want to go back to what you just said about hunter and uh and joe Uh, we'll do that in just a second the name of the book is called tucker uh, and it is a biography of tucker carlson written by chadwick moore Uh, and i I don't know what how much of a hand uh, tucker had in it other than just you know spilling his guts but we'll talk about that as well with chadwick moore next the glenn back program Sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Veronica wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She says, I have a 12-year-old Labrador, and after one week of giving her Rough Greens, we saw a crazy improvement. Her eyes became clearer, and I had to look twice when she was coming bounding up the stairs. She hadn't done that in a while. This product is really amazing. Thank you, Rough Greens. Veronica, that is exactly how I felt about uh, Uno. I couldn't believe, A, that he was eating. I mean, we used to, literally, there would be many times that you would have to hand feed Uno. 
he just wouldn't eat. So he ate. That was the first thing. And then his energy and the way he moved, the way he lived was just totally different. If you're not feeding your dog uh, Rough Greens, please try it. They're going to give you a first bag free. It has vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants in it. It's not a dog food. It's something you sprinkle on your dog's food. They love it. First trial bag free. Just pay for shipping. Call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-N-33. Roughgreens.com. 833-GLEN-33. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Just use the promo code Glenn and you'll save 10 bucks off your annual subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're talking to Chadwick Moore, who's written the new book uh, called Tucker, um, and he's made it clear that it's not an authorized biography, but rather an independent biography um chadwick what's the distinction what what what's the difference here and what role did tucker play in the writing or editing of this book sure uh well the the term authorized biography is um can mean one of two things it can mean that the subject simply gave you permission to write about them and gave you tons of access uh which was the case here or it can mean the subject wanted a book to be written about them they selected a writer they had editorial control um, that's not the case here. So uh, Tucker has okay. um, gave us permission, and um, but he's not asked to read a word of the book. Um, and you know, he's totally trusted me and trusted my judgment and to put in whatever I wanted to, uh, while you know giving me access. Um, he's uh, he had no editorial control at all. It was totally independent. Um, he's uh, as far as I know, I don't think he's read it yet. But um, his his executive producer Justin mm. and several members of his team have read it. Uh, they they really enjoyed it, um, but uh, he again he has a rule that he doesn't read anything about himself. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure yeah. if he'll stick to that rule this time or not. But it probably helps to keep him safe. Right. Yeah, no, it's I'm I have found that um, you know I tell my kids all the time the people who hate me that's not who they don't know who I am, and the people who deeply deeply love me and like you are the greatest they also don't know who I am. The truth is, you know, somewhere, I guess, in between. So it's just frustrating reading anything about yourself. Um, I uh, uh, A few years ago, I don't think Tucker and I really uh, liked or appreciated one another. I thought he was a fraud. I think he thinks that I uh, he I, I believe he thought at the time I was a fraud. And we've both learned that, holy cow, no, there's something deep uh, behind each one of us and we become very good friends. Um, is that a, is that just time catching up with us? Have the, has the game changed so much that, um, you know, he has changed. I know I have, Has he changed over the years or is it just, you know, Reagan said, you know, everybody has their window and just all of a sudden you can say the same things and then boom, you fall into the slot that is your time, and then eventually, you you know, time passes you again. What what's happened with Tucker? Is he is the same, or does he believe things now that he he may not have believed, uh, you know, five or ten years ago? Well, he had uh, an experience uh, where he was in a plane crash in uh, the Middle East that I write about in the book. This was, um, you know, maybe twenty years ago. 
uh, maybe not quite that long ago. And, um, you know, he sort of had this moment where he, you know, asked himself, like, is, you know, I guess he thought he was going to die. And, and, you know, is he happy with his life? And, and has he lived his life the best way possible? And the answer was no at that time. I think since that moment, you know, he maybe went on what we were talking about earlier, that more spiritual journey. I think he's probably, um, you know, maybe it's, it's to do with age. Maybe it's to do with um, any number of factors that you do maybe become softer as you get older. You begin to appreciate people more around you and, uh, and not maybe so quick to judge. Um, I think that, yeah. he's, you know, expressed regret before about judging too quickly other people and maybe even other scenarios. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he apologized for that when he mischaracterized or misjudged. So it is, um, it's interesting. Let me go back to the family. He, he's told me recently, and I think this is a great quality. He judges somebody um, quickly when he has to make a snap on how they treat their family and the relationship that they have with one another. And if the family isn't first, that says something about an individual. You were just saying that he, he really thinks that uh, Joe and Hunter really love each other. I can't get past because I come from an alcoholic family. I'm an alcoholic. I cannot get past the fact that this is an abusive relationship. I think all the way around, Um, you know, you don't put Hunter into a position to where he's, you know, creating the illusion of selling access to you. Put him in charge with all of that money. Keep bailing him out over and over and over again. That is that is destructive behavior all the way around. And it, it just seems to me that, you know, how how is that love with a family? And and then on the reverse side, what family gives your grandfather the keys to the car when he shouldn't be driving? What family puts their grandfather out in this humiliating fashion right now? How is that love? Yeah, that, <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that is a wonderful point. And especially when your son is an alcoholic and drug addict and, and right. uh, is, is not a very stable person, ruining this kind of responsibility on him and, and maybe pimping him out in that way. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, you know, the way that, that, that Tucker described it, he... You know, I don't know, maybe he was talking more on a more animalistic level, but it's uh, he, he described the Biden as being very tribal, uh, which which he said he appreciated. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he also said that they were the when he knew them, they weren't, you know, liberals and trans activists. They were Catholics. They weren't pro-abortion. They were pro-gun. Now, of course, Biden's um, a trans activist and everything yeah. else. And um, he, you know, he sort of said that uh, uh, Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen, he had a lot of nice things to say about her, that she was very dutiful. Um, but sort of the culture you described, she would step up and attend and go on trips with Biden when Dr. Jill didn't want to, uh, Tucker did not have nice things to say about Dr. Jill and, uh, but everything was sort of evolved around Joe and Joe was the family business and the whole family needs to revolve around Joe and do anything he wants is the way he described the family. And then I guess, you know, Hunter's obviously the, the chief, um, uh, lemming in that. The, um, the non-compete, uh, how is he getting away with, I mean, is it just because this is different and they didn't include, you know, Twitter and the Internet? And I find that hard to believe. How is he, how did he find his way or, or is he afraid that Fox News might come after him for the non-compete? 
so he, um, uh, I, I haven't seen his contract, but from what I understand right. is that Fox did not include Twitter in the non-compete. Uh, he is oh not gosh. being paid by Elon Musk and he's not being paid by Twitter. Uh, so when Fox sent him a cease and desist uh, letter about his Twitter videos, they said that he was rendering services. Well, if he's not being paid legally, I do not think that constitutes rendering services. He seems to be really pushing the envelope, especially with these uh, yeah. longer interviews. Uh, I think he's kind of poking the bear because he knows that the more Fox tries to silence him, the absolute worst situation is for them. They look terrible trying to do it. Yep. Um, so yep. uh, it seems like he's kind of pushing the limits, and, and, it's, and it's kind of entertaining to watch. Let me just let me ask you just a couple of questions about you here for a sec before we before we end this. Uh, you were canceled in 2017. Can you tell me about that? Sure. Uh, it was um, right after the uh, inauguration of President Trump. I, I was uh, I worked in liberal media. I wrote the New York Times and I was editor at large for Out Magazine, The Advocates, and wrote for a bunch of places. And uh, I penned a piece in the New York Post uh, coming out as conservative. Uh, and I just basically said, you know, I didn't want, uh, didn't want anyone to think that I was associated with these, these people on the left. And I believe in free speech and I don't think Trump is evil and I'm interested to see what he does. I don't think his supporters are, are bigots. Uh, and that was enough that I was fired from all my jobs and I lost all my friends. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, and that was the first time I met Tucker. He had me on his show, um, that following week to discuss the article uh and um that was how i uh, got to know him and since then i was a, a regular on the show until the last episode so um so let me let me take you into into this a bit uh, i am shocked uh because all the all the gay all my gay friends they are all looking at what's happening and uh in the lgbtq world and saying this is out of hand this is crazy this is crazy. Um, and they are not, they're not down with all of this. And I, I can't imagine that there isn't a big surge of LGBs, I guess, LG, yeah, LGBs that aren't now finding themselves, maybe not conservative, but uh, more in line with what the conservatives are saying. And that is at least i am and the the conservatives that i know oh do whatever you want i don't I, i'm not here to regulate your marriage or anything else um that's for you to decide don't tell me what to regulate but this there is no difference between a man and a woman and all of that crap that's insanity oh Can yeah tell me what's happening in the lgb community Sure. I mean, you know, back when I, in 2017, when I wrote that article, and I'm a gay guy, the headline was, I'm a, I'm a gay New Yorker and I'm coming out conservative. Um, you know, it, it was, there were a couple other prominent people, uh, but not many. Um, but since then, you know, there's thousands of these influencers on social media who are LGB and even some T's who are pro-Republican Party, who are anti what the left is doing. The LGBT vote for Donald Trump, according to the New York Times, doubled in 2020 compared to 2016 it was uh from uh 16 to or 14 to 28% uh, which is almost a third which is kind of amazing uh, and i think you're right that they've learned that all the all the insane stuff being done in their name is unacceptable and and borderlines on evil it's destructive it makes no sense uh it's it's illogical um and, and if there's no such thing as gender then there's obviously no such thing as homosexuality etc cetera, etc cetera. we could go on forever 
Um, and but, uh, you know, so many of them privately would, would admit to this, probably the majority. But publicly, it's like any of these kind of victim groups. They're too frightened to publicly speak out. They're too frightened of losing their friends, not getting a date, you know, being uh, socially outcast, even though, you know, silently, most people, I would I would think, um, agree with these things, even if they can't quite yet bring themselves to not vote for the Democrat Party. Chadwick, do you find this changing? Do you find this uh, people are waking up and becoming more strong or it's status quo? I do find that that it is that way. And I think it's just winning over hearts and minds and, and, and education. Uh, you know, the, the, the left is so hell bent on, on framing the Republican Party the way that they do. Uh, it's a lot of. Um, you know, it's it is happening, uh, and there's no reason why gay people should all, should vote exclusively Democrat, as with any other minority group, and people are catching on to it. But it doesn't happen overnight. Thank you so much for your hard work and your willingness to come out and uh, and really blow up your life as you knew it at the time. Uh, and thanks for the great book and the great read, and Tucker. Thank you. Thank you so much. But Chadwick Moore, he is the author of Tucker, the kind of unauthorized biography, if you will. Uh, all right. Let me tell you about our sponsor uh, this half hour. It is Mantis X. If you are a shooter, I'm sure you've noticed the price of ammo, and that might have kept you away from uh, the shooting range. You've got to keep your skill up. It is a perishable skill. I haven't been to a shooting range probably in a year and a half, maybe maybe two years. And I came up here at the ranch, and we decided to just go target uh, shooting. And I grabbed my handgun, and I hit, I don't remember if I had 17 rounds or 20 rounds, whatever it is, 21 rounds. But I missed two. Uh, and that, it, for somebody who hasn't shot at a range for two years, that's quite amazing. But I've been using Mantis X. Mantis X allows you to dry fire or go to the range. You put a little device on the uh, right on the barrel of the gun and it tracks, you know, how you're pulling the trigger. Where are you pulling it down? You're going up to the left, to the right, and it shows you in real time. So you can track it and then it shows you what you should be doing. It's like having a, 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 a shooting expert sitting next to you telling you exactly what you're doing but they're not using their eyes this is actually tracking it it's really really great the marines have been using it for a long time now it's used uh, over all of the general military to keep people um shooting and shooting accurately it's called mantis x easy to use start improving today get yours at mantisx.com that's mantisx.com the Glenn Beck Program. My son said to me the other day, he's like, Dad, there's a lot of books out about you and biographies and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. And uh, all lies. Uh, I remember... One of them, I can't remember which one it was, but Jeffy, we found out Jeffy wasn't working with me, but he was a, an ex-producer at the time of mine, one of my first producers in talk radio. 
and this author found him and was like, I'm going to get the dirt. And so Jeffy just made up all of this crap. I mean, just made things up out of whole cloth. And uh, and they ended up being printed in the book. And yeah. Jeffy calls us right after he gives the interview. And he says, I hope you don't mind. But here's what I told them. And we just laughed because we thought he had wasted this guy's time for hours. But he didn't waste it. The guy used it all. Yeah, we kind of assumed of like this guy would be chasing down yeah. these wild goose chase type stories, yeah. like trying to confirm them. Right. And then what we nah. learned was he just put them in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible. So but it's so typical. I, I, I gotta I, go back and s- yeah, go back. I gotta go back and see if I can get any of those books. <laughs> I should have them on my shelf. You really it's so should. Funny. You really should. Um, I, I yeah. do think it would be interesting. I, have you thought about that sort of approach for yourself at some point? Like maybe cooperating with a journalist uh, who, you know, maybe isn't super friendly to you, but also doesn't hate your guts like ninety nine percent of journalists, uh, and and having your story written in that sort of form. I think it would be interesting. Know. There was a guy who used to guy who used to work uh for the New York Times magazine. I can't remember his name, but he wrote a very fair uh New York Times article about me, New York Times magazine, Sunday magazine. Um and at one point I think he asked if he could do a, a biography of me if I would participate and I didn't think anybody would be interested in it at the time. I still don't think anybody would be interested, but I don't know. I don't know. Eventually, someday, you know, in my life, maybe. I think it's important to... For, it's really... Uh, not even I mean, you. Who cares about you? But I do think the audience of... Uh, yeah. the, the, uh, the story of this audience should be told at some point by someone fair. But that I that I am interested in. I am interested in what this audience has accomplished. Because it's an amazing group of people. Amazing. You tell yes. people what this audience has done and their mouth is always hangs open. Wait, what? the Glenn Beck Program.